Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Before I start with this morning's message, I have been asked by Pastor Harold and Maud to give a word of thanks for Pastor Tiens and for Karen for the years of loyal service in the kingdom of God. And it is so appropriate, Pastor Tiens and Karen, that you are honored by the leaders of this church, Pastor Harold and Maud, and you know how desperately they wanted to be here. I'm just a messenger, so even I can't convey the words and the love that Pastor Harold and Maud has, um, or the two of them that they have for the two of them. Pastor Tiens, you've served well. You have taught well all the years You've been running next to Pastor Harold, and we know at what a pace he runs. But you've stuck it out. I look at you as the loyal and the faithful servant, and it's one of the things Pastor Harold said of you. Loyalty. Pastor Harold regards loyalty very high, and this is what you did. And you finished this race well. Just in the last couple of weeks, the manner in which you conducted yourself, in not slacking, but making sure that everything is in place for the handover, for the changeover, it is because you've learned from Pastor Harold. And they honor you today, the two of you today, for what you have contributed to the kingdom of God. Now, they may be leaving this ministry, but it's like a friend. We're saying goodbye to a friend, but the friendship will remain. Because where they are and where they are going to to Donna Bay, as more rightfully, whether it was prophesying, speaking in faith, that their pastor tense is going to open up a Bible college, a Bible school, a training center for disciples. Discipleship has also always been at the heart of him. And we stand in agreement that the Lord will open up the place for you. You're now stepping into a different place of the land, but you're still in the same vineyard. And many of us will still keep contact with Pastor Tiens, but Pastor Harold and Maud especially convey their great appreciation and gratitude for your loyal service. And I want to ask something. Can I ask the two of you just stand for me? And I want all of us to raise our hands towards them because I believe as we send them off and as Pastor Harold already blessed the two of them to go, that we just pray a prayer of covering over them and bless them where they go into this next season of their lives. So Father God, as we lift up your loyal servants before you, Pastor Tiens and Karen, Lord, you are lifting them up here so that they would go into a new venture where you've placed them now. And Father, as the pre-shield covering rests over them here, and as Pastor Harold have said as well, that where they go, the pre-shield covering of Little Falls Christian Center Church will be with them wherever they go. And wherever their feet shall go, Lord, that they shall plant, that they shall multiply, that the kingdom of God shall prosper and bless because of this, because this is a new season. It is not the end 
ending of something. It is the starting of something new. So we release them by the name of Jesus Christ and that the power of your Holy Spirit shall be upon them and that they shall be prosperous where they go and where their feet shall tread. They shall claim the territory and the souls for the kingdom of God so that you may be lifted up high and we release this upon them, the blessing of God upon them in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all agree and we say, Amen. Amen. Yes, let's give the Lord a praise offering for their loyalty. Amen. You know what? Today, Pastor Tienz will also be doing his last child dedication after the second service. For those of you who haven't dedicated your children as yet, today is the time. If you want to rededicate your children, you bring them today after the second service. All right. So we want a lot of people to come. And in this week, before they leave and depart in this week, and especially after the services, harass them. Harass them with lots of hugs and lots of well wishes. And God be with them where they go. In this morning's service, the message that I would like to share with you is found in the book of Exodus chapter 17. And whilst you may be turning there, we're going to read or I will refer to from verses 8 to 16. And before I start, I want to read something for you. Abraham Lincoln was probably the most well-known president of America. And he also had one of the most trying times because he was the president of the United States who, were over, who was overseeing the Civil War in the Americas where American citizens fought against one another and killed one another. But listen to what he said. The Bible is not my book. And Christianity is not my religion. I could never give assent to the long and the complicated statements of the Christian dogma. And then later on, he would say these words. I believe in the Bible that it is the best gift given to man. All the good of the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. What makes a man change in such a drastic and profound way? Almost a 360 degree change in his view of God and the Bible. When war comes and you are faced with death, you stare it in the face and you stare it in the eyes. Many a man and woman change their views. And so it is when we go to Exodus 17 from verse 8 to 16, we read of such an occasion where Israel was heading into a war. And let me just give you some context here so we can understand what we are reading and why it is what we are reading and what, what happened prior to that. Israel had just come out of Egypt. They had seen the miracles of God working. They went through the Dead Sea. They were murmuring and complaining. And now Moses calls Joshua and says to him, gather some men because we are going to war against the Amalekites. For 400 years, Israel was kept in slavery. And when they left Egypt, they didn't take swords and shields and armor with them. They were on their way to the promised land. 
They were not preparing for war. And now suddenly Moses says to Joshua, grab some men and go and fight against the Amalekites. They were not war savvy. And they were fighting against an enemy that were bloodthirsty. They were cunning. And the Word of God describes, listen to how they fought in the book of Deuteronomy 25, 17, 18. This is how the Amalekites fought. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt, how he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. So it's an enemy that came from behind. All the stragglers at your rear, when you were tired and weary, they attacked. This is how the enemy attacks. It comes from behind. It's a coward. Why did the enemy come from behind? They killed the woman and the children and those who were sick and ill. That is what Israel was up against. And now we get to chapter 17, verse 8, and we see profound things that are happening. Because right here, in chapter 17, God establishes the blueprint and the foundation for us as Christians as to how to live in the hour that we are in. God here speaks of many first things, but He speaks prophetically of the things that were to come and how we as Christians must live in the hour that we are in. Almost 3,500 years ago, God spoke of this. And you will come to see how profoundly prophetic this is, what God established in this particular, these particular verses. Because God speaks about the future. Moses now tells Joshua, go and fight. Moses calls two gentlemen, Aaron, his brother, and her. Her, in many of the writings, reckon that her was his brother-in-law, the husband of his sister Miriam. <coughs> takes these two men and he goes to a hill and there Moses prays and we know what happens all of you have read this or heard of this when his arms were up Israel was in the ascendancy when his arms were down the Amalekites were in the ascendancy and yet in the end Israel prevailed and they won the victory God prevailed and Israel won the victory but there are foundational principles that God establishes that we must use in the hour that we are in. All of us know what's happening in this world. All of us read the news or hear of what's happening in the news. I mean, we have just come out of a two-year COVID period, and I think we are so COVID fatigued, and we can't wait for the announcement that must be coming in this particular week, that the lockdown must be totally abolished in this land. It has such a negative effect on people. Few went rife through this nation and through this world. And many people are still caught, uh, caught up in this fear. And why do I say this? Because why are the churches still empty? Fear has not lost its hold on this people. And the people in this nation and in this world must really get to the place where they must know the only place that you need to be is in the house of God. And nowhere else. And now we're just coming so-called out of COVID, and now there's a war happening there between Russia and between Ukraine. I mean, you would think, give us a break. And God says, I am giving you a break. I've always given you a break, and it is found in God's Word. And you will come to see why I say this, because in these particular verses, verses 8 to 16, God says, I have never said to you that there will not be trouble and difficulties in the times that we are living in, but I'm saying to you that I'll be with you in those times. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. 
Amen. Give the Lord a proper praise offering because He deserves it. Amen. Amen. Now, the first thing that we can glean from and learn from in this particular portion of Scripture, and it is found in verse 12 of chapter 17, but Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. He sat on a rock. We always can sit on the rock. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Moses needed help. Two men lifted up his hands. Moses became weary and they helped him to keep his hands lifted up. Moses is the only one who was praying here. And here's the lesson, child of God, and to you who are listening over the internet, all victory is obtained in prayer. This is where you get the victory. And it's going to cost you to spend some time. You are going to need some help because God will usher in the victory. You need to push through. You don't need to give up. You don't dare giving up. God proves this that there is going to be resistance. You will encounter resistance. Israel encountered resistance. Amalek is a symbol and a type of Satan. Amalek became the adversary of Israel for centuries upon centuries. But God said in the end, I will deal with them. I will wipe their memory from the face of the earth as God will wipe the memory of Satan upon the face of the earth. When you and I go to heaven, there will be no recollection of Satan. There'll be no evidence of Satan. There'll be nothing about Satan there because God will take care of the enemy. So Moses needed help. Two men helped him to lift up his hands. We never read in this portion of Scripture that Joshua became weary or the army that was fighting that they became weary. We only read that Moses became weary and tired and then help came for him. The victory on the battlefield was dependent upon the victory in prayer. That is where the help was needed and that is where the help was given. And this is what God gives to every single one of us. Who do we have right now? that will help us and aid us in our prayers. God is not giving us men and women to help us. God gave us His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came through Jesus Christ. And even when you pray, and even when it is hard and when it is difficult, you persevere because you are not fighting this battle alone. This world says that according to statistics, there are 30% Christians in this world. This is based on the CIA fact book that says there are approximately 2.4 billion Christians. Now I'm being very generous because I like, I'm an optimist. So let's say all of the Christians are Christians. 30% of the world who say they are Christians have got the Holy Spirit, we assume now. 70% of the world must get to know who the Holy Spirit is. And you and I are that 30% that must show the world who the Holy Spirit is. Because the Holy Spirit aid us and assist us and help us to push through in prayer that we can obtain the victory. How do we know this? God's Word tells us this. Let's read Romans 8 verses 26. This is now God giving the Christian, the believer, something very specific and powerful in prayer. It says here, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we ought to pray. 
But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. When you've hit that wall in your prayer life, when the resistance becomes so bad that you feel like quitting, I want to say to you, don't. Then you hand over to the Holy Spirit and let Him help you and let Him pray for you because He wants to help you. He is the one who wants to pray the perfect will of God. And when the perfect will of God is prayed, then victory is beckoning you. As help was given to Moses, God gave us help in the hour that we are in. And it's the Holy Spirit that will help us obtain that victory. It is true. There's a testimony to this. Testimony upon testimony. Because those of you who pray in the Spirit, and who know what it is to pray in the Spirit, you can attest to it that God brings breakthrough and prays His perfect will when we pray. When, when we are praying, we've got to understand this, when we are praying, I want to say to you, many of you are still waiting for that breakthrough. Many of you are praying. I'm saying to you, your breakthrough have not come yet. Yet. Because it is still on its way. I want to say to you today, child of God, don't give up. Push through because Moses received help and he obtained the victory. God is helping you through, the Holy, through His Holy Spirit and you will obtain the victory. Where is the proof in this? Where is the proof that prayers are answered? Many of you were here and can recall this four or five years ago. There was an election that was taking place there at Nazareth. This church had an all-night prayer from six o'clock that evening until seven o'clock the morning, praying through. People came here with their blankets and their pillows and their duvets, and they prayed through the whole night because we prayed God's perfect will for our nation. We take it very seriously, and God answered us. We prayed four years or so ago. There was a massive drought in, in the Western Cape, so much so that the Western Cape was declared a disaster area. They were even contemplating importing a, uh, an iceberg from the north to bring it via the ocean, doing the cost analysis, how, how costly it would be just to provide water for Cape Town. And we prayed here every single Saturday morning in the prayers there, in that side all there, here the church, every single morning we prayed for that rain for Cape Town. You look at Cape Town right now, look at all the dam levels, 80, 90, some of them 100% because God still answers prayers. We've prayed about COVID. From the day that it was known until right now, we're still praying. Saturday morning's prayer meeting, we prayed about this. Look at what happened in two years. Where is that disease right now? Its potency has totally diminished. The medical world will claim victory in this with all their jabs and their vaccinations and their booster shots. You're going to be boosted until eternity, it seems. But we've got the Holy Spirit boost. We've prayed and look what God has done for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Then last year they came with this diabolical thing. Satan wanted to cripple this nation with looting. What did we do? What did we do? We prayed. They said that it was going to come to the West Rand. They said it was propagated. There was even a gentleman who was promoting fear in the West Rand. And we prayed. Nothing came to the West Rand. No looting came to the West Rand because God still answers prayers. We push through because we get the answer and God wants to give us the breakthrough and the answer through prayer. The next thing that must be taken cognizance of what happened in this portion of Scripture, Moses, what did he have in his hands? 
He had the staff of God in his hands. Look at this. Praying, not letting go of that staff. Why the staff? Because that staff was a representation of God's authority, of God's power, and of God's strength. When Moses had his hands held up, that is what Joshua and the army saw in the valley. When they saw their hands were up and they saw the strength and the power and authority of God, they knew they had the upper hand. And that's why they pursued the enemy. But the moment their hands dropped, they couldn't see it. And that's why it was so, so critically important that prayer had to persevere through Moses, that the victory came. But Moses, even when he was tired, he never let go of the staff of God. What is in your hands? What are you holding on to? What is the thing that you cannot dare to let go of? Because I'm saying to you today, child of God, don't let go of what you have about God in your hands. His promises are still yea and amen. What God says still stands in this word. Don't let go of that. Hold strong to that. Hold fast to that. Because it is life and it is life eternal. You cannot let go what God says in His word about you because God is not a man that He should lie. Every promise still stands. Hold on to that. Never let go. I still remember a particular season that I was in where I was struggling to find a job. I went to many interviews and I kept praying, Lord, please just open the door for me. At one stage I was, I was praying and I said, Lord, I'll take any job. I'm at that place, all pride is gone and down and out. I'll take any job. And right there God rebuked me. And He said to me, you don't ever ask me for any job. Because I never give you just anything. I give you specific. I give you detailed. Because I'm the God of specifics and detailed. He said, you pray my perfect will. And I will establish that. So I want to say to you, if you are so desperate that you are wait, waiting for a breakthrough. And you say, God, I will take anything. God has never apportioned unto you anything. He's got something specific for you, something very specific for you. Hold fast to that, because we have that victory. We have that victory. It says here in 1 John 5 verses 4, for whatever is born of God overcome the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We have that victory because it is Christ in us. God never wants to give you the second or the third best. He only wants to give you His best. Never settle for anything less. If it hasn't arrived for you, then you wait. Then you persevere. Then you push through because it is coming your way. It is coming your way. D.L. Moody says, said this, when I pray, I talk to God. And when I read the Bible, God talks to me. I believe we should know better how to pray if we knew our Bibles better. And it brings me to the next point, verse 14. It says there, Exodus 17, 14, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now after the victory, God gives an instruction to Moses, and He says to him, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. I said earlier that God spoke prophetically in this. God was talking here. There was a Bible that was going to come in the future. 
because this is the first time in the Bible that God gives an instruction to write something. And he says to Moses, he write it in the book. It had to be something that we could see and read. And it had to be recounted. It had to be read so that the masses could hear. So it could hear firstly what the truth is, become encouraged by what was read, and that we will be brought into remembrance of what God did for us. This was the prelude of this. Today we have this, the holy scriptures of God. There Moses was instructed to do it. Now we have a library of 66 books. That is the word of God. Are you reading the word of God? Do you know the word of God? Because God wants us to be more than just reading the word. There it had to be written down so it could be read for all to hear. But now God says, God says, the word is not merely here in writing anymore. The word is in here. This is what God wants for all of us. This is how you obtain the victory. Listen to what God says here in Romans 10 verses 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. We have got the word of God in us now. And you only get the word of God in you when you read the, God that, the word of God that is written in those letters. It is the Holy Spirit that comes upon a believer and that brings the revelation of what is in here. But if you don't read this, and if you don't believe it, it will never come in here. In the hour that we are in, this word must come and settle here. Because this is what will bring the change. You will think different. You will speak different. And you will pray different because this word becomes life. It changes you. It changes everything about you. And in this, the Holy Spirit that all of us have when we were saved, the Holy Spirit comes and He tells us who Jesus Christ is because that is the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, to reveal to us who Jesus Christ is. And when we come to that knowledge of who Christ is, then you don't want to do the things of this world anymore. You are dead to it. It doesn't have a stronghold on you anymore. You walk in victory because it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God's glory is in you and it is visible in you. And then to close off, Moses now does something out of, out of himself and he goes and he builds an altar to God and he calls the altar Adonai Nisi. The Lord is my banner. That word banner means the Lord is the standard. He's my strength and he's my standard. Where is the standard that we have nowadays? Right here. God gave us his standard through Christ. It is all written in here. When Christ becomes your standard, everything else in the world is second hand. It is no more relevant to you and myself anymore. We want to abide by the standard that God gave. And listen, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 verses 1, he gives us a, an example of a standard. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Listen to what the father says about his son after he was baptized. He says, this is my beloved son in Matthew 3:17, in whom I am well pleased. Follow him and do what he does and what he says. 
Jesus Christ is our standard today. In everything that you're involved in, no matter what is happening out there in the world, if you do not measure yourself against the standard of Jesus, you are selling yourself short. Everything else is a waste. It will never lift up to the standard that God has for you. And God reveals to us that standard through His Holy Spirit because now we have the fruit of the Spirit. All nine of that fruit speaks of one thing only. It reveals who Christ is. He is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He is that standard. Measure yourself against the fruit and you will know if this is my standard or not. God gave us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That tells us what Christ will do through us. But we must be surrendered to that so that the Holy Spirit can work through us to do that. Because those nine gifts will be exact same works that Christ did. And He said, more and greater works you will do. This is our portion. This is our standard. The question is, what must change? What must change for me to live up to that standard? I close in this. What are you holding on to? Because I want to say to you, if it is anything pertaining to God's Word, I want to say to you today, don't let go. Irrespective of what's happening in this world, don't let go. I close off with this. There is no evidence, absolutely no proof ever found that a person who prays backslides. There's no proof. God sent the standard here for us in this book. Listen, Joshua saved the day through the battle that he won. The name of Joshua means God is salvation. Jesus Christ became that salvation for everyone. Moses' name, Moshe, means to be taken out and to be lifted out of trouble. Moses became the intercessor for Israel. He's a type of Christ. Christ became our intercessor because now he's seated in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, mediating on our behalf. God said Moses needed to write down in a book what happened in that battle. God was already prophesying that the book would come that would guide all mankind of humanity. And then God did this. Moses built an altar. They all came together. And they thanked God. There was no, there's, there's no evidence here and there's nothing written here that, that the, the, the Israelites came and they said, well, let's celebrate. Thank you. Thank you, Joshua, for bringing us this victory. Let's hail the army of Israel who beat the Amalekites. Everything was focused on God. They all gathered together and they celebrated this. God was already prophesying that the church was going to be birthed because this is what we do. We gather together in the assembly and we glorify God. God's Word is so powerful, and it is for you, and it is with you, and it is in you. Don't let go of it in the hour that we are in. Amen. Let's stand and give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. I'm closing off with this. Yes, let's give God a praise offering. Amen. Amen. For He is worthy to be praised. He alone is worthy to be praised. Heavenly Father, as we come to a close with this first service, Lord, we just are so well aware again that we are anchored in the hope of Christ and we hold on to this. I pray, Father, that you would release your people, that they will hold steadfast to your word and never let go of this as we know that you will never let go of us. Then, Father, we ask that you would know, now go with every single one, wherever they may be, be with them, that they will be safe and that they may return this evening 
Keep them and protect them. Father, may your name be lifted up high and may your favor surround them all like a shield. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ and we all agree and we say, Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.